Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. You'll remember that on Monday's show, we were chatting about uh, the COVID-19 tracker app and it was before it was officially launched uh, the following day. And we were talking to Elizabeth Farries. Uh, she's from the Irish Council of Civil Liberties about it. When I was a child, I used to read 1950s sci-fi books about fully automated societies where technology could solve all social problems. Um, we're very uh, idealistic that that might still be the case, but it's often not the case. And we've got um, independent Irish scientists who have been looking at the app technology, and what they're finding is that, in fact, it doesn't seem to work that well in a variety of situations. So, so for example, um, you were in a, a place where everyone, where it was a bit crowded, um, but people were practicing social distancing. That's great. Say you had the app on your phone, and it was... Um, you know, in a bag or something, or say you were standing in front of someone as opposed to beside someone, or say the weather was quite poor, or what if you were on a bus or on a Lewis? All those different types of environments really um, affect the accuracy of the app to the extent that scientists that are independent of the project are not sure that they could recommend it in the first instance. Because it's not about even just working some of the time, we have to make really sure that it doesn't work incorrectly. Because say, for example, you had um, you got a, a beep on your app saying, uh-oh, you've been in contact um, with someone with COVID. It's time for you to self-isolate. Um, if that was a false positive, um, what they say is when you get um, a notification when you shouldn't have, if you got that false positive based on the inaccuracy of the app, that might mean that you, you, know, you miss work. Um, you don't go see your family based on this information spread by the app. So again, we have to be really careful about the solutions that we invest the money in yeah. and the solutions and, that we promote. That's Elizabeth Farris uh, there of the Irish Council of Civil Liberties. Well, a million people have already downloaded the app since it was launched on Tuesday. Adrian Weckler is a technology editor from the Irish Independent and he is on the line. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning, Joe. Were you surprised by the level of take-up of the Tracker app in just a short period of time like this? Yes, definitely was. I mean, if you had asked me beginning of the week or late last week, how many people will download this app? I would have, I would have said that it would take maybe three to four weeks to get to a million people, not 48 hours. Why do you think it's happened so quickly? I suspect that the two two things. First of all, Ireland, when it comes down to it, is actually quite a small country. It's not, and, and in general, we have a fairly decent sense of community, and I think people are willing to give this a shot, particularly because it's really actually quite easy to, to download. It's free; it only takes a minute, and doesn't really. There, there's no big ask in in downloading. There's no hoop that you really have to. Uh, to jump through. Um, I suspect that's the main reason why it has uh, taken off so quickly, is that idea that, um, you know, uh, this is something that might be worth trying and that it's easy, and that Ireland does have a sense of community. We're not seeing the same kind of polarisation or divisiveness around COVID-19 measures or masks and things like that that we're seeing in countries like the US or even in the UK. It's not politicized as much here. So I don't think there's many sort of barriers or reasons not to do it 
So if, if you've heard of it, you, you, you probably will go and download it. Yeah. Um, Adrian, is there a socially distanced party going on behind you there? I'm very sorry. I'm, I'm, I, <clears throat> I had to duck in out of the bad weather into a cafe. Ah, fine, and there's windows fine. all around the place. So, Apologies. So the audio is bouncing all around. That's okay. So, so the, the business is improving anyway <laughs> for somebody. Yeah, apologies. Yeah, that's I, all right. That's I, right. I, I'm going to see if I can move down to the back of the room. Oh, sorry, go on. Yeah. Uh, sorry, we're chatting to um, Adrian Weckler there, who's technology editor with the Irish Independent. But the take-up of a million in percentage terms, it's much higher than in most other countries where uh, this app has been introduced or yeah. a version of it. It's way higher. So typically, uh, in countries where apps like this have been launched, the absolute maximum penetration after months, you know, oh well, two months, has been, you know, 35, 40%. Uh, that's countries like Iceland uh, or maybe even Singapore. We're now at 20 to 25% after two days. Um, so... Again, there are a few factors. In a way, we're lucky that we, we, we weren't early launching this app because the countries that did launch this app quickly got it wrong. The Brits, for example, spent £10 million launching an app that wasn't based on Google and Apple's uh, uh, underlying layer of technology, which we did. They spent 10, 10 million quid on it, and it was junk, and they had to throw it out uh, because they went early with it. And now they're having to go and do the same app as we did. So um, there were some advantages in not being uh, uh, first out uh, first out with this app. Is our tracker app good then? It's considered to be about the best that you can get with this type of app. And I say that, let me just explain that. So the app is based fundamentally on a layer technology that Apple and Google themselves have made and built into the iPhone operating system, the Android operating system. Kind of an extraordinary thing, actually. Those companies rarely work together on something like this, but they got together specifically for this contact tracing app so that multiple countries could then develop their own app that would sit on top of it, if I'm making sense. It it just means that the phones will work better, the Bluetooth will work better, that it won't sap your battery life as much uh, as it might. So um, the Irish app, is a very good example, more or less, of how to do it correctly. And, I mean, I say that as a journalist who would have been looking at this through the last weeks and months, but critically, um, you you have a lot of privacy experts, for example. You had um, Elizabeth Farris there uh, from the Council of Civil Liberties. They would be naturally inclined to be very critical of even the concept of introducing a contact tracing app like this. And yet, by and large, I think I saw a score of, you know, a, a C plus, but they've given it a cautious okay. Now, they would be the harshest critics of an applicant from a privacy point of view, from the point of view of, will this track me? This app kind of goes out of its way not to track you. Um, and they've, they did themselves a favor by publishing an awful lot of the background code and the and the how the app works information, they published all of that so that anybody, you or I, anybody else, can go in and have a look at the way that they built it, what they were thinking with different features. Yeah. Um, so, so by and large, the answer is yes, it, oh, it is a good. Okay, um, we're chatting to Adrian Weckler, who's technology editor with the Irish Independent about the new uh, COVID tracking app. Um, the dangers of 
false positives or indeed that pings will be missed and you won't capture as much information uh, for contact yes. tracing as you'd hope. It's there. So I asked the HSE about this the other day and they say that it is about 80% effective. They say that if there are 11 people who have the app and they're you know within close proximity of each other... They, their tests indicate that it works nine times out of 11. That means it does not work two times out of 11. Um, and that might mean that somebody who was in close proximity, and by close proximity, I mean within two meters for 15 minutes or more. That's what they, when you hear all this stuff about close contact and close proximity, what they mean is within two meters of somebody else for 15 minutes or more. But it's possible that, you know, 20% of the time, it won't pick it up. And that's to do with the limitations on your phone's Bluetooth um, technology. Uh, and that's not a big surprise. I mean, phones were never really made to, to do this kind of task. This is something that we've all come up with as a potential sort of technological way to help contact trace. But phones were never devised. Yeah. To be, no. and, and the talk of false positives, the idea mm. that, you know, you will have to unnecessarily quarantine or go for the test. It's possible. It, it, is, it is possible. It's, it's unlikely, though. That's, that's what you'd say. Now, what the, like, in answer to that question, what the HSE and the government say is, that is possible, but if the rare occasion that that happens is the price to pay for, like, considerable progress being made at alerting people who genuinely might have caught it from somebody they're in close proximity with, then it's a price worth paying. That's sort of what they're saying. Um, what about the worry that someone might get in trouble if they are contacted through this app and they don't go for a test and they don't take the appropriate steps? Zero chance of that. There is zero chance that you'll get in trouble if you're contacted. And the reason I say that is because if you get an alert through your COVID tracker app, you get an alert to say you may have been in proximity within two meters of somebody with, who has just tested for COVID-19 in the last 14 days. If you get that alert, nobody else knows that it was you who got the alert. So there's nobody to get you into trouble, if I'm making sense. Yeah, no, you do, uh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. yeah they, they, it's, it's a blind system. It as is, such. yeah. 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 Um, and and the, do you feel as well that we've had a sense of huge restrictions on all of our freedom? Restrictions we wouldn't have dreamt of before COVID-19 uh, came along uh, in, in February, early March. Um, and that this might be seen as less than what we've already gone through and maybe a way of ensuring we don't go back to that so people are going for it. Possibly. You, you could definitely construct that, that way of thinking. Absolutely. That, that is a, a definite um, argument. I mean, I think the, the contact tracing app in itself, it's self-explanatory. It is a contact tracing app. It's not going to... Stop COVID-19 by itself. It is literally there to try and create greater awareness among people 
that they may have been within, you know, close to a cluster, um, not geographically cluster, but it just that the app has picked up that another phone uh, with the app installed, that phone's owner has just tested positive for COVID-19 because they've just volunteered that information to the app. So it's, re- it's, it's a contact tracing uh, sensibility uh, here. It's not anything more. And that's so important, isn't it? They have volunteered the information volunteered. through the app. It does. Like when, if you go and get a COVID-19 test and if you test positive, what, what typically will happen here is that you will then be in conversation with the HC or whoever. Um, and they will say at that point, by the way, do you have this uh, COVID tracker app uh, downloaded on your phone? And you might say, yeah, I do. And say, okay, have you had it downloaded for the last week or two? Yeah, I have. Okay, it's entirely up to you, but we're going to send you a code now, an anonymous code. Now, if you put that code into your app on your phone, all of the other phones that were in proximity to your phone will get an anonymous alert saying that they sh- may they should probably go for a test because they were in proximity. That's the way it works. You don't have to agree to yeah. put the code in. You don't have to agree to. Although I don't know why you wouldn't. Yeah. But you don't have to. Um. And the other thing is, um, we are looking at um, uh, scenarios of sixty percent needed for the app uh, to be. Effective. I mean, not not strictly true. That's not strictly uh, um, correct. So that sixty percent figure came from um, a professor in Oxford a few months ago, but it was kind of taken out of context. If you talk to most experts on this, the actual range for this to be effective um, starts to kick in at around twenty five percent, twenty twenty five percent. If you get to sixty percent, it becomes very effective. Um, the, the basic premise here is the more people that have this downloaded on their phones, the more chance that um, it, will, that it will have of detecting somebody uh, who then tests positive for COVID-19. It, it's just a basic numbers game. And, I mean, and, you, you, yeah. and is it your instinct that we may actually get to 60% based on the uptake in the first couple of days? Yeah, possibly. There are a few limiting factors. So we're already at around 20, 25%. That's brilliant in terms of, of the take There are a few limiting factors. Um, number one, it doesn't work on one out of 10 phones. So th- th- there is a problem here. It doesn't work on old smartphones, right? So if you have an iPhone 6 or, and by the way, Minister Stephen Donnelly <laughs> told him this. He went around the other day saying, yeah, if you, if you need an iPhone 6 or a newer for this to work, it won't work on an iPhone 6. It won't work on an iPhone 6. It has to be an iPhone 6S or newer. And he also said it, it, you need Android um, 7 um, uh, or, or newer. I, I think it's and, uh, Android 6. Actually, I need to, to check that. But um, the, that limits the amount of phones that can actually use this. Also, if you're under 16, you're technically not supposed to use this app, although... There's no verification. It's kind of laughable. If you open the app, it'll ask you, are you 16? Yes. If you, if you, if you, you just hit yes and it doesn't ask that's any more right. questions. That's so, right. That's right. Yeah. Um, one last question, just as a matter of pure interest. In the cafe that you're in, are yeah. people socially distancing? Um, anyone wearing masks? There, well, there's nobody, there's nobody wearing masks for a first start. However, however, 
you will appreciate it's a cafe and people are drinking coffee. <laughs> well, I, so, I accept that, yeah. So um, it's kind of... No, now, to be fair, I have... And I've just stepped out the door, which is why you just heard a horn. I was on the bus the other day for the first time in four or five months, and it was kind of 70, 80% of people were wearing masks. But there's people out and about or in shops, it's still maybe 10, 20% as far as I can see. All right. Very, very few. Okay, listen, we'll let you back to your business. Thanks so much for talking to us. We really do appreciate it this morning. That's Adrian Weckler there, who is uh, the technology editor of the Irish Independent. And of course, you can catch his stuff on independent.ie as well. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.